Alright folks, welcome to the Besides and On podcast. I'm Scuba, we've got Craig here. You good? Um, quality man. Excellent, a bit of a different format this time. We've not got uh, somebody in the studio, we've kind of returned to the kind of Skype format, so uh, it could get a bit awkward at times, that's what happens on Skype, unfortunately. But uh, today we've got uh, Michael Musgrave, uh, Mike Musso from uh, W3L Wrestling in Kirkcaldy. How are you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. Excellent, excellent. So we, we wanted to get you on. I, I know a little bit about wrestling. I've been watching wrestling since I was a, a kid. Basically. I know a little bit as well. We will be fine. Well, that's it. Well, that's <laughs> it. I've been watching it kind of more in the past few years, quite intensely. So I, I know I know a bit about wrestling and stuff like that, but I'm not too sure uh, as much of the kind of local scene as far as it goes, sort of thing. The kind of fife scene of wrestling. Okay, so that's that, that's basically my kind of general knowledge of the uh, of that uh, thing. So you've been so what made you get into wrestling, Mike? Um, oh God, we're, we're talking a while back now. Um, mm. I, I think ever since I was a young a young boy, it was kind of what I kind of fixated on and wanted to do. Um, we could probably do an entire podcast about my, my journey to get into wrestling. Um, yeah. I'll try not bore anybody. Um, but I, I started, I think, about 14, 15, uh, turning up to local shows, kind of pestering the guys to, to, to train me, that type of thing. Um, and eventually they, they kind of let me in, so to speak, um, pitching, building the ring, that kind of thing, get a bit of training. Um, I then went on to train with um, uh, a lot of the sort of old British guys that were on the, the circuit back when uh, wrestling in this country used to be on, on television. Um from from there, I trained with Jake the State Roberts. Um, nice. I then went to Canada for a year. Um, and by the time I came back, I, I, I continued wrestling, got involved in the business side, and, and kind of have been doing it and pushing forward ever since. So, so you started sort of training out with Scotland, sort of thing. Yeah, there, there wasn't any. I mean, the, now we've got training schools like we, you know, we've got a, a W3L Action Academy. Um, yep. And there's a, another, um, uh, I think, three or four training schools in, in, in Scotland. But back in the early 2000s, when I started, there was there was no way of getting, there was no clear path to, to get into the wrestling business. And I was probably one of the last people to uh, kind of come through during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can Google wrestling school and you find your local one. And, and believe it or not, we, I, I, I used to take an overnight bus to go down and train in London and... Um, before then, uh, when I was doing my training sort of on the road at these at these tours, mm-hmm. I would get at 15, 16 years old, I'd get a list of towns and dates. And obviously I didn't have a car at that point. Um, <laughs> and I, I would have to make my way to these towns because that was the only way I could get my foot in the door and get involved. Uh, whereas now you kind of get people emailing us um, from Dunfermline complaining that there isn't a school there and you know they don't want to travel 20 minutes up the road to Kirkcaldy so it's kind of a it's kind of a bit of a, a, a turnaround in, in how, how easy it is to get involved in the business these poor people are hard done by if they have to travel for half an hour um, I was d- taking overnight coach journeys down to London um, to, to go down and train there for weekends and stuff like that sleeping at train stations I've done that before as well so it's right from the offset is a, is a pretty bizarre world um, it's kind of like being in the circus, but with uh, with less custard pies. <laughs> well, this is kind of one of the common threads as well. Like, um, it was ICW started at that time? No, no, God, no, 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 no. no. Two thousand and six, they started. Two thousand and six, right? So, like, so there was so there was pretty much zero wrestling happening in Scotland at that time. 
when you started? Yeah, there was there was nothing. There was the tours that I was on um, or training at and had my first few matches on. Um, they were uh, ran by um, a gentleman by the name of Klondike Jake, who was a, an old world of sport um, name. Um, he's still still about. Um, he's, I, I don't think he's actively running events anymore, but I, I saw him a few years ago um, at a, uh, one of the, the sort of reunion things um, that, that get get held around the country. Um, and he was he was running his shows, and they were you know they had a few sort of British names on it, and and we were going through a phase. The people that were running wrestling at the time of, of capitalising on the popularity of American wrestling by having what we call tribute acts, which uh, earned poor Jake the, the nickname Jake the Fake, um, because he was <laughs> oh god he would have um, the the uh, the, the uh, original Undertaker they called him because he portrayed the Undertaker as he was. You know when he first appeared with the black hat, right, and right, the, right. The, the jacket and stuff, and I can't remember what other, I, 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 I do actually have a memory of being in of all places Danoon, which you had to get a ferry to, right. and the guys were trying to teach somebody to uh, to do Stone Cold Steve Austin's entrance, Jesus. and they were trying to tell him, you know, you've got to swagger your shoulders more and do. It's funny, nobody asked me, but at <laughs> 16 years old at the time, I would probably have been the best placed person to to describe Steve Austin's mannerisms. But mm. um, you know, I just I just sat and watched. But that was just what was going on then. There wasn't any you know, people use the term indie. You know, there wasn't yeah. any kind of independent wrestling scene really in this country at the time. I actually anything. remember somebody talking about that because they were uh, they were talking about it was a uh, it was advertised as kind of American style wrestling and stuff like that and uh, it was I think there was like as you were mentioning Stone Cold Undertaker and all that stuff. One of my friends actually went to it. I'm sure it was at like a uh, there was something in the uh, the Rothis Halls years ago. I'm sure it must have been about 2000 because I was at high school at the time. So yeah, sounds sounds right. It was maybe um, I, I, W3L runs the Rothis Halls now, but I wrestled at the Rothis Halls back in 2006, maybe 2007 for Oreg Williams. So right. I know he was, he was an old Welsh promoter, sadly passed away a few years ago. Uh, he, he did a lot of television um, work, especially in Wales. They had a show, I think it was called Wrestlo. Um, right. I'm assuming is Welsh for wrestling, <laughs> but uh, he was running the Rothes Halls, and, and I'm pretty sure a few other promoters were in there before before them. I think everybody's been there at some point, um, leading up to us finally moving into the venue. Mm-hmm. So, so what kind of companies were you working for at that point then? Um, God, I'm, try- I'm trying to think back to what was around. Um, the 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 start for me was doing these tours for um, for Jake. Yep. Um, there was a couple of like independent like odd shows that would would happen, and um, like I was went down in England to, to England a few times. Was there no um, things at, like uh, caravan parks and stuff like that as well that you were able to get involved with? This? Yeah, you're talking about the the, the holiday camp circuit. Oh, like um, I was, was aware, stuff. Yeah, I was aware of that then. Um, I didn't actually get involved in the camps until later on, um, about right. five years into me starting wrestling. I mean, it's a fantastic way to learn. Um, because you're wrestling, um, you know, several times a day, uh, and I, I didn't actually get involved in that until W3L spent a few years with with a few of the camps. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another way. Um, that, that's another the mainstay of the British wrestling circuit is the the, the mm. holiday camps, and they're still going. They're still going today. Yeah, definitely. So I can't remember much of the holiday parts. We spent a lot of time in. Do you know in remember? Butland. Do you remember going in? It was a big bald guy with like a a, kind of a goatee, and there was a they sent out a guy dressed as a Power Ranger. 
I'm sure it was the White Power Ranger. Do you remember Maybe that? Maybe I just been starstruck by just seeing the White Ranger at that point. So <laughs> I might have just. This, this sounds right. This sounds. This sounds right. I can. I can believe that happened. Yeah, I, I think it was mainly like obviously the Power Rangers were huge at the time, so obviously trying to get the kids involved were that was kind of one of the big things, and I well that makes sense really. See, <laughs> I'm cynical, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm considered a cynical person, but I would imagine that there would be purists, like wrestling purists, who would moan about this kind of stuff. Does that not happen? Yeah, I mean, even to this, even to this day, um, you know, you watch. Uh, you, you watch what's happening in WWE right now, and you've got purists, as you put it, um, that will really highly rate certain guys, and you you have the the loudest portion of the audience, the kids and the sort of mainstream people that that aren't purists, um, that will uh, you know cheer John Cena and cheer um, cheer. Uh, I know Goldberg came back um, the, the other week, another big name for the past. But oh, I was cool. even though he's from the past, I saw the clip on YouTube. He's still got a massive, you know, a massive reaction. And these yeah. guys that the purists might um, sort of say should should be the the center of attention on their TV show don't get a tenth of that reaction. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not at war with the the purists, as you put it. But um, I, I take everything that. A, a wrestling purist says to me with a, a, a big pinch of salt. Um, I, I think with what was going on with wrestling Power Rangers and stuff like that, you have to just think of it as a it's a business at the end of the at the end of the day. Um, you know, you're you're running live events or you've got a television product. You need to make money. If you're not making money, you're you're not in business. Um, you know, obviously, certain guys like like you know myself, I have a lot of passion for. For professional wrestling but i think if you if you have passion for it you've got to respect it enough to to realize that for there to be wrestling wrestling needs to be something that people have an interest in and something that that can survive financially in, the, in a you know in a capitalist society um you've got to make money so after british wrestling was taken off television um i've had this conversation with some of the the, the guys that were around then you know, saying to them what what could we have done at that point to protect the British wrestling industry and give it its own identity, and um, because a lot of a lot of people are, I, I don't want to make out like the the sort of old guard would would whinge about what's what's become of wrestling because that's that's not necessarily the case. But there is a there's a, a big sense of pride in what British wrestling used to be, mm-hmm. and and um, you know there, there has to be an element of responsibility that when it got taken off TV the best I can see and that I've been able to put together is instead of trying to survive on its own merits, we transitioned into milking the last of the sort of big daddy stuff while it was still fresh in everyone's minds, but then latching onto the American product. And then you've got your undertaker turning up and your, your, your fake Steve Austin and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. and it's because that's what the market was for. You know, I don't. I don't think any parent that took their kids to that show and paid eight pound for a ticket versus fifteen years ago or twenty years ago, I don't know what it would have been, thirty-five for WWE or something, thought they were seeing the legitimate, the legitimate mankind or the legitimate rock or whoever. Yeah. But their kids were going to love it, you know. And that, that if that's where the money was, that's the direction we went in. So it's there's a reason for for the way everything's presented. Definitely, man. Definitely. So what made you kind of then transition into kind of running your own company? There, there was nothing 
on the east coast of Scotland. By the time um, we started W3L, there was a, um, a couple of promotions in the west of the country, mm-hmm. um, but there was nothing in the east. Um, the group that I'd been um, working with weren't coming up as frequently. Um, in my year out of the country, I'd kind of sort of become a little bit out of the loop as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I wanted to progress. And, and so, you know, what, 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 we, what I did at that time, it made sense to try and organise some, some of my own events and bring in, and I've always been keen to to get better, you know, myself as a as a as a wrestler. Um, so I would bring in people that I knew had a reputation and were, you know, could I, I could get better simply by being around. So it kind of served a dual purpose. One, there was no wrestling, so we needed to create wrestling events to mm-hmm. to build some kind of scene, if you like. And the the other side of it was I wanted to get better. So you know, instead of instead of travelling about. We kill two birds with one stone. Bring them up here, and and myself and the other guys that were coming up at the time could get better simply from simply from from getting in the ring with these 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 more experienced guys. Mm-hmm. So that that was the original thought behind the or motivation, if you like, but behind getting involved in the business side of, of pro wrestling. Yeah, because I was sort of having a wee peek through the website a wee while ago, and they. I said you've sort of had, you've had people in like a WWE NXT trainer Robbie Brookside. You've had like talent scouts for WWE, uh, Impact Wrestling stars and stuff like that, and even sort of people from the world of sport and that as well. And it that's got to be encouraging for a lot of the people that you're actually training as well. Yeah, I mean they they're, they're going to be um, have access to you know these these guys as well. I mean it's a different it's a different scene now. You know there's there's guys like myself that have now been been around the wrestling business for 15 years or, or close to it and you know if somebody new comes in we can help them and um, but there's also the the generation before us that i i very much um want to keep around and if somebody's gone on to success like you mentioned uh, um you know some of the guys we've we've had in that have appeared for uh, for um tna or wwe um, you know, bring them in as well because the more the more well travelled somebody is, and the more name recognition they have. You know, the kids have maybe seen them on television and stuff like that. So we try and keep it a fairly a, a kind of vibrant kind of um, talent roster by bringing in these names, and and uh, it's good for the fans that are coming to see the show because they're seeing recognisable people or people in terms of the older guys that have got slightly different styles. And obviously, it's amazing for uh, for everybody involved to have such a wide array of experience. Mm-hmm. As it, me and Craig were talking yesterday, there seems to have been, just in the last few years, like a huge wrestling boom, it seems. Everybody seems to watch wrestling. There's a lot of people, kind of, I would kind of quotation marks, coming out as wrestling fans and stuff uh-huh. like that. <laughs> uh, it's been quite mad within the past few years for all this kind of stuff. Especially ICW has kind of helped with that as well. Uh, uh, what's your thoughts on the kind of the the kind of the scape that's kind of that's caught right now? The what? Sorry. Uh, sorry, I I kind of worded that terribly. Uh, <laughs> what, what what's your thoughts on the kind of on the wrestling boom in the last few years? Oh, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a a boom like we've we've kind of seen before things are things seem to be going steadily uphill i don't think we're quite there yet right. um 
I don't think wrestling's as popular as it was in the late nineties, early two thousands, for example, or back in the, the sort of Hogan era. It's certainly not as popular in this in this country as um, you know when the the entire nation would stop to you know to watch uh, Big Daddy and McManus and the, the the likes. You know, everybody would the whole country would be watching that kind of stuff. I think there's there's stats that say as many people watched it as they watched the the FA Cup final and, and stuff like that. So that's mm. When, wow. when you talk about a boom period, I think you have to really put things into into perspective. Yeah, wrestling is probably more popular than it was five or six years ago, yeah. and we should certainly be confident with that. But I think there's still, you know, still a, a, a big way forward we can we can go with it. And um, you know, hopefully we'll see it continue to grow in popularity. And the big news that I'd, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of is um, ITV have currently commissioned a um, pilot. I was just about to ask to, you that as well. Perfect. <laughs> so, I mean that that could be if it comes off, um, it could be could be huge. Um, yeah, I, I I did something for ITV um, in the summer, which I can't I, I can't really speak about just yet because it's uh, it's not been um, unveiled, so to speak. Um, and I heard rumblings of it then, and now I know that they've got the the plans in place to do this um, to do this pilot. What is this pilot? You don't. I, I think I've missed this. It's for they're they're filming a studio wrestling show under the World of Sport brand, which was the oh the name I didn't of, hear about this. Aye. yeah, um, you know, so if that get, ends up on ITV One or whatever on a, on a Saturday afternoon, that could be the the final push that's needed to really make wrestling as popular as it's ever been in the country. Um, it could be could be huge. So it's a very exciting time, um, but take everything with a pinch of salt until you see it happen. Until until we see that on television. Let's uh, not throw all our eggs in that basket. It seems very, very promising. But I think when you're around any um, any part of the sort of entertainment industry, if you like, um, you kind of become a little bit jaded about hearing, oh, this is happening, or oh, we're filming yes. this. This is going to end up being the next big thing. Um, but this this sounds great. This could be, if it comes off, it could it could really put a rocket on, on uh, the popularity of professional wrestling in this country. Do you, Did you say this is STV or ITV? Is it Scotland or is it a UK thing? Oh, no, it's, it's ITV. National. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, do you have sort of any inside knowledge? Do you know if any wrestlers that have spoken about sort of uh, being part of the pilot or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I, I know a few of the guys that have been announced. The guys that um, wrestle for uh, for W3L. Um, our form, former women's champion Viper has uh, been announced for it. Um nice. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, both of the Coffee Brothers, um, former W3L tag team champions, have, have also been announced for it, and a, a host of other names as as well. Um, so there's there's definitely going to be some good good talent on display. It is a pilot. Um, but let's let's see how it goes. It could it could be huge. So we're all we're all very excited about it. I remember Mum always speaking about a the family sitting down. I think it was a Saturday night. The wrestling <laughs> was on. And so, if this is the same thing, it could be, it could be pretty nostalgic for some older could, people as could well. Could be a great revi- revival as well. And there's also the chance of bringing in sort of like a lot of the people that were huge in that time uh, to sort of guide people along as well. So it's a fantastic uh, idea. It has to be updated, but I, I do think yeah. a, a nod to the past would be appropriate as well. 
Um, yeah. But you know, it's this is like this is a one chance thing. You know, if they get this right, it could be huge, but they could also get it wrong. So let's finger everything everything crossed because it would be good for everybody that's involved in our Definitely. in our industry if this comes off well. Definitely. So uh, you've sort of with the company you've got right now. I originally thought that it was just going to like you'd be doing sort of Scottish based uh, events and stuff like that. But you've actually been out with Scotland quite a few times. You were saying as well. Yeah, we. I mean, we're. I don't like referring to us as a Scottish wrestling um, okay. company anymore because um, we're we're um, maybe not national in the sense that we we've not been further south than Yorkshire, but we're we're certainly not a regional promotion. We've uh, it would take I think something like twelve hours to drive from the uh, perhaps more actually uh, twelve hours to drive from our northernmost venue to our southernmost venue. So we're. Yeah. I think we have to give ourselves a bit of credit that we've we've kind of moved on from being like a <laughs> like a um, a localized um, a localized uh, touring group. Um, yeah, it's just about getting out and uh, and, and um, bringing our our event and our wrestlers to as many times as possible and building up that building up that following. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a wee bit about uh, the kind of the uh, the hassles. Of kind of getting everybody to shows and stuff like that. Could you tell me for kind of a wee bit from kind of start to finish on the kind of travelling aspect? Because obviously, I love the laugh. Do you have to already. take the ring and stuff? Do you have to take, yeah, the, we ring take the ring? Yeah, we take the ring. Set up there for you. No, no, we, we've we've got two rings. Um, right. In the summer, we can get quite busy with. Uh, we do lots of uh, um, sort of summer events mm-hmm. um, in parks and stuff like that. Um, and we can quite often get double bookings, so that's why we've got the the, the two rings. Um, the logistics of um, getting an entire team of people from town to town can sometimes be an absolute nightmare, especially when things can go wrong. Um, you know, when things go right, um, one of our one of our toughest trips is we we do a tour up in the Highlands every year, um, and we typically would start on the Friday night. Um, so we have to load the ring um, on the. You, you obviously have to plan the travel. You know, you're not going to have everybody take their own car and yeah, yeah. you know charge fuel expenses to the company. So that's a that's a logistical thing. Planning the the the, the cars and the travel. Um, you know, then you've got a, a, a large Luton van, like a removal van, um, that we need to load all the equipment into, which is the wrestling ring, the entranceway, all our merchandise. Um, PA system and uh, any other um, little odds and ends that we, we need to take along with us. Um, so we'll meet at whatever time. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll meet at whatever time we, we need to to get everything loaded and get to the venue in time. We typically um, we typically set up in two hours. Our venues are booked for two hours before the event because um, it would be great to have the luxury of more time. But again, thinking that this this has got to be profitable for us to all continue being able to do it yeah. um it's about trying to reduce costs <laughs> we we only have the venue booked for two hours before the doors open um so it's kind of a race against time to get everything set up um our, our northern tour we would maybe try i think this year we start off in ullapool so our um action academy where we have the training school is where the ring's stored so we have to go from kirkcaldy to ullapool on the on the friday arrive in ullapool for um four o'clock um to get into the venue 
um, set everything up, set the ring up, set the PA system up, the entranceway, get everything. You know, we, we've maybe got other things coming up, so we put flyers on all the chairs, and you know, there needs to be um, like a pre-show kind of with the, the, our, our production guys. You know, the music, and we have a uh, which I'll, I'll make sure I give a, another mention to in, in due course. We have a weekly internet show um, called W3L Wrestling Showdown, so we, we film. Um, the large majority of our events for that um so that's got to all be organized um you know we we, we did uh, so we do on this northern tour we do all pool then we get the entire team back to stay in accommodation in inverness because it's quite a central place um on the saturday morning i'm trying to think where we went to yeah the saturday morning we got back to the the accommodation at maybe 11 30 at night something like that up mm. at five in the morning to get up to wick right up at the top of the country for a 12 o'clock start. So we had to be in Wick for 10 a.m., which is about three and a half hours drive, I think, from Inverness. Um, from Wick, we've got uh, an hour and a half between Wick and Elgin. Um, so we, we would finish, if it's a 12 o'clock, uh, 12.30 start, finish the event at half two, um, and we've got to be in Elgin to open the doors for seven o'clock at night, and there's like two hours between Fucking between hell. the venues travel. Um, I think on this particular trip we ended up going through I want to say Nairn but it might be another town and um, it was like bumper to bumper traffic stuck half an hour late which when you're running in such a short time span to, when you're doing a matinee and an evening could yeah. be disastrous so we arrive at the venue with nothing set up and the venue hadn't even laid chairs out all the chairs were like stacked up in the corner of the hall and mm-hmm. we've got our team of guys and we've got to open the doors in 45 minutes. I think we were only 10 minutes late. Um, but um, after that, we were back to Inverness, um, back to the accommodation, and then uh, do a Sunday afternoon event in uh, in Dingwall, which luckily is right near Inverness. So the Sunday was a, a, a more easy shift. Take everything down after that event, get back to Kirkcaldy, and everyone just wants to go to bed, but we've got to unload the all of the van and stuff. The amount of times... We're, we're, we're actually okay now um, on the industrial estate that we're at, but previous um, previous buildings that we've we've that have housed our training school, we've often had the police turn up because right. we've been unloading the van at such an unsociable hour All that right. people think there's some breaking going on. <laughs> and of course, the police are like, "What's going on here?" And we're like, oh, "We're just unloading a wrestling ring," and they're, yeah. they're like, "Yeah, that'll be right." Let's have a look at this. You know, they, they come into our building and they see, you know, whatever foam hands we've got left sitting in the corner and stuff like that. And they're like, "All oh, right, enough. It is. That's, that's what they're doing." Okay, um, that, that's a typical, you know, a typical time where things go well. Um, this year alone, we have had the ring break the morning of an event. Um, luckily, it was local. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're based in Kirkcaldy. The event was in Dunfermline. Um, the guys were taking the ring apart to load it in the van, and part of the one of the welds fell off. Um, with luckily, we had local knowledge, so somebody knew a welder. We got it welded, and again, we were running late, but we we managed to get everything set up in time. Um, <laughs> although I think with a weld, you're supposed to leave it without you know for a while to sort of set. I think um, so. so there was yeah, a, yeah. a worry that there was a worry that the thing was gonna. <laughs> was going to go again like mid you know somebody gets suplexed and the ring explodes you know? um if it happened in the last match that would be fine it would be a spectacular finale to the the event but um if it happened in the opener we'd uh, we'd be in a bit of trouble uh, luckily the ring held up 
Um, I'm trying to think other things that have gone on. Uh, we had a double job um, at some point this year where we had two vans booked because both rings were going out. And the, um, the, the this is one of my bugbears. There's so many ways now for people to contact each other. Um, phone, text message, email, Twitter, um, Facebook. I mean, there's loads of people that I just speak to on Facebook. That's become normal a normal thing i lost all my um i I didn't have internet signal when we were uh, doing a job Uh, um it was just outside inverness somewhere and i needed to get in touch with people and i realized i didn't have anybody's phone numbers that i needed to contact (laughs) because i I speak to them all through facebook um you know we're speaking now on on skype um this the, the van company said Oh, I sent you a WhatsApp message and you didn't get back to me, so I thought that you weren't um, needing the van anymore. So apparently, that's how we do business now: WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> so, so, so the morning of the, the the evening before, when all other van and the van hire company that we use is absolutely phenomenal. They bend over backwards to try and help us. So I'm, I'm telling this as a funny story, but the the guys are really, really good. Um, minus this one time um, and it was you could argue it's my fault for not checking my whatsapp but um you know that that uh, that became our way of communication um so i find out the, the night before that we um don't have a van and there's no way we can do what we need to do with one van there's no way of getting the ring from a to b getting back yeah. to get the other ring it just it wasn't an option so i wake up in the morning panic trying to get the, this looting van and because of all the gala days and stuff the, the large Luton vans really are quite hard to come by in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we found one in Dundee, but the problem is by, I told our drivers, who ironically were both from Dundee, just get here, I'm still on the phone trying to work it out, um, but get here and then at least you're here. Yes. Um, and then when they got here, I told them that they were having to go back to Dundee to pick up uh-huh. the, the other van. <laughs> um, turns out the So the guy goes back to Dundee to pick up the other van. We then find out um, that he doesn't have the paperwork required um, to to pick up the van. So we're already racing against the clock. So I then have to phone the other team and speak to the other driver because I realised that someone else on that team was also capable of driving the van. So I I had to say, right, you're not driving that van anymore. Get somebody to drop you off. I can't remember where it was, but somewhere you're going back to Dundee to pick up another van, and oh, it's it's just mad. It was like juggling people from place to place. And uh, <laughs> end of the story is, I think we were about twenty minutes late opening the doors in Edinburgh, and pretty pretty damn stressed. But um, we we got through it. Um, other things go wrong, like the PA system blew up, um, yeah. which was a bit worrying because the girl that was operating it was pregnant at the time. Thankfully, it didn't result in uh, in early labour. <laughs> Um, that could have been a hell yeah, yeah, it could have it could have been worse. Could have been worse. <laughs> um, so in the space of about six weeks, it was actually the ring broke, um, the PA system broke. Um, I'm sure something else broke. Uh, I was telling one of the guys about it, and um, he's like, "So basically, you're starting from scratch." And I was like, "Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. We've got a, a a bunch of things fixed and new equipment this year, but it's, yeah, it's just." It's just crazy the the situations we find ourselves in, and we always the, the good thing about it is we always manage to pull through. And you have to be able to just when you're when you're on the road, 
uh, pulling off these these events, you've got commitment to to be there and make sure that these guys that have paid for tickets are going to are going to see the event that they paid for. Um, you just have to have this attitude of right. How can we make this work? If you worry too much about the things that have gone wrong, you're never going to find the solution. So that's that's kind of how I am in life. If, when things go wrong, I'm like right. How are we going to move forward? What are we going to do to fix this? And luckily, that's kind of got me got me so far. <laughs> it's uh, it's done me done me well up to now. But, um, yeah, mad, mad. I will never ever complain got. again about having to DJ yeah. and having to park everything up at the end of the day because wow, you just go through a hell of a lot of shit, man. I was just going to say about how oh, much I, I just remembered off. another one. This is this is classic Albert Hall Sterling this year. Really nice venue, one of my favourite places. Mm-hmm. Um, we arrive at their security barrier. They've got a security barrier to go into the sort of backstage kind of entrance to the venue. Um, so the the van driver turns the, the you know gets out the van, turns the engine off, gets out the van, um, pushes the button. They open the buzzer, gets back in the van, goes to turn the van on. Nothing, no power. Now we're at the venue, so you're thinking this isn't going to be a disaster. We're just going to have to carry shit a bit further you know Hmm. problem is there's a tail lift the tail lift is blocking the because the tail lift is up and folded up at the back of the van it's Hmm. blocking us from being able to get in the van so and and i've already told you we've only got a two-hour turnaround so Hmm. we're having to phone around we're getting people with jump leads and nothing we can do to get this van to start it ends up that the people are queuing outside and we still haven't even got into our van. And there's like, there's maybe like 250 tickets sold for this event and we're with the, the rings there. We just can't get to it. Um, so in a, in a, a mad panic, we're like, right, we're just going to have to break in. So we managed to sort of force the back of the, the, the van open, or I can't remember how exactly we got it open, but we got it open, but the tail lift's still there. So then we've got a boy standing on someone else's shoulders to climb over the tail lift and get into the back of the van and then slide everything out the sort of two foot space that remained, Christ. you know, above the tail lift and the top of the van. <laughs> um, get everything out that way. Um, the AA or whoever it was finally turns up, gets the van going. We get everything back in the van. Um, and uh, you know the, the the driver drops it off wherever it's going, and um, we're going to get a new van in the morning because we were told this is probably going to happen again. There's something wrong with the engine, so right. be mindful of that on your way back. Um, so the driver parks the van, knowing that we're going to be getting a new van in the morning. And bless him, I'm not going to mention his name. He he is one of the hardest working people we've got on our team. <coughs> but he parked the van with the back of the van against the wall. Oh, so in the morning, when we turn up to switch the van, <laughs> we can't get anything out the back. The van's dead. And we're, we're late again. We've got the exact same problem that we had the night before. Because instead of going nose first, leaving the back of the van accessible, he, he, he backed the van up. It's just oh, crazy. Uh, these, these... I feel horrible laughing, but as, as at these points later on, you're able to kind of find it funny. But fuck me, at yeah. The time. I think we kind of just laughed at the time because it's like, what, what else can you do? You're either going to well, laugh or uh, cry, right? Uh, at that point, um, you're, you're kind of you're stuck for options. We, we, we've got all these wrestlers standing at the side of the road waiting to transfer the the, the stuff from van to van, and that became another hour of messing about before we got that one fixed. But just another, I, I say quite often, another day in the circus. Oh yeah, because you're not going through that every time. These are just kind of random moments at, the, at well, certain every, points. Every story I've told you so far is from this year. Yeah, 
Christ. In fairness, I think we've had an unlucky year for stuff like that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say... What's the worst, worst we've had to deal with, Stephen? The worst? Uh, a maybe, band maybe, not turning up to the studio. Basically, aye, that's it. That's pretty much it. So I'm oh, never going to complain ever again. Life. Never, ever going to complain. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well uh, on the website was uh, the birthday parties. This yeah. is quite, this is quite an interesting idea because you're able to kind of get a bunch of kids in and sort of give them sort of mem- memorabilia and give them a kind of quite unique party. Have you done a few of these so far? Yeah, I mean they're quite popular. They're um, obviously you're still you're you're getting a, a team of wrestlers in, so they're not yeah. you know we can't offer them for they're not exactly cheap. Yeah. Um, and it's not because we're greedy; it's because you're you're talking about live entertainment for a kid's birthday party. You hire a magician. You're paying, you're getting one guy in his car, you know, with his equipment in the car, and you're just it's one guy needing to be paid for for one job. For yeah. us, you know, you're talking our packages are like you know three man teams if it's just one match, and you know, so three people need to be paid. And then as you go up the ladder, we've got like a, a an eight man package, and you know, the the kids are really lucky. You know, when the parents they're lucky that they've got the opportunity for it because there's certainly nothing like that when I was a kid, and I would have loved it. Um, but you know, the, you know, the, it is an investment for the parents, but I think it is worth it. We certainly give quality because it, the the looks on the kids' faces when they're there with their friends, it's their birthday, and there's a live wrestling match happening in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding to to really make. Uh, I think we we give them a birthday they'll never forget. So what, what happens? Do, do they come to you, or do, do you like go into the back garden like a? We've what? we've travelled. We've never done it in a back garden because I think yeah. you know you'd be risking rain and stuff like that. And I if, again, it's a business. If it rains, it's not our fault. You know, we're, we, that's that's built for any outdoor events. It's kind of built into our agreement. You know, if you if you cancel within X amount of time, there's this charge. And if you cancel in the day due to poor weather, and we've we've we left and we're there, everybody needs to be paid. You know, like yeah. the wrestlers could have been working somewhere else and maybe turned down jobs. You know, so it's it's, it's far too high a risk in my opinion for to hold a birthday party outside because it would ruin the kid's birthday and um, but we have traveled to people would book like their local community center and stuff like that um but most of it is them coming to us uh, we can fit 30 people comfortably in our in our unit so it's a kind of intimate sort of setting we play some party games with the kids um, you know, they get to jump in the ring and get their picture taken with the wrestlers of course there's, there's matches that they see as well and, and it's a really sort of fun um fun experience um all our feedback from them have been largely you know positive you know they 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 the the reviews we've had are excellent for the the experiences the kids have had at these birthday parties well that's it because i wish sorry when you go i'm just saying i wish something like that existed when i was a beer that sounds absolutely amazing yeah yeah. i've I've been i've been djing for about 10 years now and we've, we've come across like magicians and like kind of all that kind of stuff, and like Boonsy Castles and all that kind of stuff. But an actual wrestling company just come. Can, that's fucking cool as fuck, man. Love that idea. Totally. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's mad for the kids that they you know they get to, to to have that, and you know a lot of them, especially because they're because it because it's based locally, and we do have quite a few venues around this area. A lot of the kids have seen our shows before, so not only are they seeing just a wrestling event, they're seeing guys that they're familiar with because they've come to our shows and enjoyed our shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really good. There's quite a... Although we, we travel about here, there and everywhere, um, it's certainly good in some of the areas that we've been in for a long period of time that we do have more of a following. It's not just... They're not just coming to see wrestling. They're coming to see W3L. They're coming to see this guy and this guy. And all of a sudden... 
their birthday parties there and and you know they're seeing some of their favorite wrestlers wrestling at their birthday parties it's, it's it's really rewarding for us to be able to offer that service we've actually um we were approached recently by the the um, uk make a wish foundation nice, um nice. we've got a party lined up um for a, a kid that's recently gone through some heart surgery and stuff like that so we're all looking forward to that and um, we'll put in a special effort to obviously make you know, maybe he's had the poor little guys had a tough time of things. We want to, um, yeah. we want to give him a, a birthday to remember. Um, but just having the the facility through what we do to be able to make kids forget their troubles and and you know have, uh, make them basically see, you know, see kind of superheroes coming to life in front of them if you if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's such a such a rewarding experience to see the the kids' faces and stuff. Definitely, it's a fucking fantastic thing, man. I, I totally love that whole idea. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left for you. Uh, I was going to say, what's happening on December twenty eighth for uh, just yeah, our that you get the idea. Our, our next W three live event. It gets kind of quiet about Christmas time. Most people would spend, uh, you know, most people when they're at work would would have the holidays, you know, for Christmas and, and stuff. We, we're not, we're not doing that. Um, we're going to be in Petticoat Bay Holiday Park on the Wednesday in between Christmas and New Year, which I think is the 28th. Um, Petticoat Bay, it's a 7 o'clock start. We'll be filming matches for W3L Wrestling Showdown. Um, it's going to be uh, the, the W3L Heavyweight Championship will be on the line. Um, Nathan Reynolds, the W3L Champion, will be there. I'll be there. Um, W3L Women's Champion Sarah will be there. Um, we've uh, we've got Joe Coffey um, is going to be at the event, um, so it's going to be a it's going to be a good lineup of of wrestlers. Um, we were at Petticoat Bay last Christmas. Um, everybody had a great time. Um, it was actually we weren't uh, we've, we've done Christmas events for quite a while, um, but last year was the first time we'd been to Petticoat for Christmas, and it was our biggest attendance yet at Petticoat. It wasn't far off being sold out, um, no. so it, it was really good to see that people wanted to. Uh, you know, what better way to spend Christmas than with the W three L A? Definitely, Are you so going to be back? quite soon at the uh, the is it the Regent and leaving or the keynote or something like that? Um, it's been I've not spoken to the new owners, but from what I understand, it's been refurbished to the point that there's the the seating is um is too constrictive right, for right. what we need. Um, because that was that was a nice little venue. Um, when it shut down um, from the previous owners, we moved back into a venue we'd used before, which is Buckhaven Community Centre. Um, I personally loved the atmosphere at the cinema, but um, the atmosphere at Buckhaven has been really good. The the attendance has been exactly the same. I think everybody that used to go to the region now just comes to the Buckhaven Community Centre. And um, from a business point of view, our deal's better with them. So I think even if um, I think even if the cinema I'm not saying never say never. You know, we consider all all uh, venues and all all offers whatever works best, and it it was a nice nice looking place. Um, wrestling in a cinema as well was quite a, quite a unique experience. Um, so you never never know. We might be back there, but we'll certainly be back at Buckhaven Community Centre, which is just five minutes along the road. Um, stage all our dates are always on w3lwrestling.com. Um, I think websites now are more just like a storefront, like a you know a shop window. For everything else, um, and that's what our website is. It's got the it's got links to our YouTube um, our YouTube channel, which is the W3L Network. Um, it's got links to our Facebook, our Twitter. Um, so if you if you want to keep up to date with all our dates and stuff like that, um, 
social media is certainly the best the best way of mm-hmm. staying current with everything. And all of our links are on our website, w3lwrestling.com. Um, we want to talk about the W3L network a little bit. It's been going now for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a weekly wrestling show called W3L Wrestling Showdown. All the matches that you see on there are from our live events up and down the country. Um you know, you'll see championship matches, you'll see all the top names. Um, costs nothing to hit the subscribe button. Some people watch it every week. Others wait for their favourite wrestlers to appear on it and check check out odd matches here and there. If you're bored, you can go back and watch weeks that you've missed. Um, it's become an archive, really, of the past two years of everything that we've that we've done. Um, so please, if you if you're a wrestling fan, please check out w3lnetwork.com. Um, saves you having to search through YouTube. If you go to w3lnetwork.com, it'll take you straight to our YouTube page. Hit the subscribe button, and um, you can see what we're up to every week. Fantastic, Mike. You're a born salesman. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, hey, much appreciated, man. Thanks for coming on. Excellent, no problem. Pleasure talking to you guys. Excellent, man, excellent.